All right, I want to remind everyone of kind of our pyramid of relationships. We're going to pull this up every class and just kind of see its relationship to all the others. So I would suggest there are six levels of relationships. You can't be in a relationship with a stranger, so we'll just leave them off the pyramid. And notice we start as a pyramid, you have more ones than twos. Ideally, you have more twos than threes, more threes than fours, and hopefully just a few one or sixes. Ideally one, but you know, that's okay. Sometimes it takes a couple. But these are your ones, your twos, your threes, fours, fives, and sixes. One are all the acquaintances. This is just the most, I have the most of these. I know people. You're an acquaintance. I know you. Number two, we're friends. We're friends. But what we talked about last week and what was pitfall number one is one of the great, one of the most significant scientists in the field of, in the science of marriage, who has spent his whole career studying marriage, the science of marriage has discovered that one of the most foundational principles that keeps marriages together, he has a 91% accuracy rating Whoa. as to whether or not a couple stays together. And he's really just looking for one thing. He has boiled down that successful marriages have one thing. And 91% of the time, that one thing keeps them together. And the one thing is friendship. Friendship keeps marriages together. So that was last week's pitfall. And my suggestion to you is, let me introduce a whole new concept of dating. It is what I call friendship dating. You've all been on that awkward first date where you are really here. You skipped friendship dating, and you're really in that awkward, are we a match? We're checking boxes, he's checking me out, I'm checking him out. It's that awkwardness of that first date, and it's that uncomfortable. May I suggest that if friendship is what keeps marriages together, the very best way to begin is with friendship. The idea is, do you remember when Ammon walked into Lamoni's kingdom and Lamoni says, what is your desire? And Ammon says, I desire to dwell among you even until the day that I die. Meaning, I want you in my life whether you join my church or not. Friendship dating is... I want a friendship. I would like a friendship with you, whether you and I are a marital match or not. I am interested in a friendship. Friendship dating is comfortable. It's not that awkwardness. But I told you last week, and I'll tell you again, and as having a front row seat for 30 years watching this age group, I will tell you that friendship dating is a muscle we're not very good at using. We default to what? If you look at our whole society, look around you. 
Look at, think about high school. Who dated in high school? They did, not you guys, but who in your high school dated? They were in a relationship, right? How much of this happened in high school? How much happens now? How much happens among your friends? If you walk into a YSA ward or a YSA stake, how much friendship dating is happening in our society? Very little. Our culture, our society has defaulted right to relationship dating, which has caused a lot of people to say what? I don't even want to try. I don't even want it. <clears throat> but if we could just re-enthrone that idea of starting with friendship. And let's not go to relationship. Let's go to friendship. And we're not match-watching. We're just, you are a valuable person. And I'd like to be with you. I'd like to get to know you, whether we're a match or not. So that was last week's pitfall, is skipping that. Skipping friendship dating. So let's get on to today. Kind of, but we kind of, but if you're testing the waters because you're looking for a match, you're already where? Guess where you are? You can say you're friendship dating, but if you're testing the waters, what are you doing? I'm checking boxes. I'm looking for are we a match? And there comes that uncomfortableness. You've all been on a date where they were checking you out as marriage material, weren't, weren't they? And if you didn't get a second date, what's the message you just heard? Not interested. Now, unfortunately, we, we default to that instead of, I'm not focused on the relationship right now. I'd like to build a friendship. That is a skill set we are not very good at. One more time, let me mention it. When I'm with my buddies, friendship is easy. It's comfortable. It's natural. And then all of a sudden when I'm with a girl, it's awkward. Why? Why is it so easy over here with my buddies? When I was in high school, Sean and Jeff and I could hang out and it was fun, it was casual, it was comfortable. It wasn't awkward in any way. But the moment I was with a girl or we were with girls, what happened? Do you see the muscle we're not used to flexing? How do I do this here? That was your assignment to ponder. How do I create a friendship environment so that I don't skip friendship dating? Okay, any thoughts? Dakota. I made some of my best friends at FSY. Guys, I will never consider marrying, but they're my best friends. Yeah. Like brothers to me. Yeah. And I was thinking about it and going into this summer and doing it again. I'm like, that's the environment that I want to create again. Make it family. But like, if something happens, something happens. And if something doesn't, that's okay. Like just going in with that mindset of it's okay no matter what the outcome is. There, so part of friendship dating is a mindset. Part of friendship dating is the skill set of what we focus on, what the activity is, what the purpose is, and keeping our mindset at friendship dating. 
you walked into it with that mindset and kept it there. And dating was what? Hanging out with my friends. And it was, it was enjoyable. It wasn't that awkwardness that we f- so often associate with dating, right? Okay, so there's number one. But here's the reality. How many of you have a friend that you would never marry? So is it safe to say that marriage has as a foundation friendship? But not all friendships are a marriage foundation. So pitfall number two is it can't always be friendship dating. There has to be relationship dating. But let me tell you why in our society that becomes so difficult. The moment you go out with someone opposite sex, your age, marriage is a possibility, Tell me what mom does. Tell me what mom does when she found when you find when she finds out you went out on a date. Facebook. Oh. <laughs> At first it's that. It's oh, oh, interesting. Now tell me what happens after the second date. Mom is no longer, oh, right? What's mom doing now? Oh. And by the third date? And it's not just mom, right? It's not just mom. Who else is it? It's everyone else in your life. I, you've been out three times? You've been out three times? Oh, so this is getting serious. Now, our culture, because of that culture, because of that pressure, because of that awkwardness. Now, I get it. Our LDS culture, emphasis on marriage. When two people start dating, ooh. Now, sometimes because of that pressure, we just don't do it. If we can fix, if we could fix friendship dating, then my, my, my observation to you is if you could avoid pitfall number one, you're going to fall into pitfall number two, which we probably fall into anyway, and that is avoiding relationship dating because of that awkwardness. So I do in no way do I want to take the science out of relationships. Sorry, the the romance. I don't want to make it less romantic. I just would invite you to bring a little bit more science into the relationship. Let's adopt a scientific mentality to dating. If we really step back and loosen our eyes a little bit and take the cultural preference or the cultural pressure away, tell me what dating really is. Whoa. It's a set of two-piece puzzles. Oh, dating is a set of two-piece puzzles with lots of pieces. And I'm going to pick up a piece. This is me. Now, how do I know which one of those is the match? The only way to know is to what? The only way to know which one is this match is try a few. And so I take this one. Now, sometimes I don't have to get them very far to get very close together to say that's probably not a great match. And sometimes I don't have to go. I don't have to go very far. But other times it's like, 
Oh, wait, I gotta get the same color. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. The only way I know if it's a match is to try it. Do you see the science that we often neglect because we've been overshadowed by the romance and the culture? Finding an eternal companion is a science. Are we a match? How do you know if these two are a match? You try it. It doesn't fit. That's not a match. So what do you do? You don't cry. Don't whine. Those are future pitfalls. We'll get to them. You don't cry. You don't whine. You don't get depressed. You don't lose faith. You don't assume that there are no matches because this one wasn't a match. And you don't force it. If this one's not a match, you don't force it. You simply do what? Let the science dictate this answer. What would the science suggest I do if this one's not a match? I try again. There's no shame in the fact that I discovered that that one wasn't a match. We impose so much pressure and morality and, oh, it didn't work out. So one of us did something wrong. We weren't a match. And if this one's not a match, you try it again and you keep trying until you say, you know what? That's a match. Dating, relationship dating is the search for, are we a match? Now, I know everyone kind of has their own definition of what is a match. And I hope that over, uh, over the course of the next several pitfalls, I can, I can cause you to question your thinking about what is a match. There is not one out there. The gospel of Jesus Christ seems to make that very clear. I do not believe Jennifer was the one and only for me. She was a good match. And I'm very happy. But I don't believe that there is a one and only. You're not looking for the match. You're looking for a match. So allow me, again, I'm a very much a book, chapter, and verse kind of teacher. But I don't know that I can book, chapter, and verse this. So allow me to share 30 years of watching. Let me give you what I have come to believe is the definition of a match. Ready? The definition, my definition of a match is the absence of deal breakers. If nothing is going to break the deal, then what would you say about that? It's a match. Nothing is going to break the deal. You are looking for the absence of deal breakers. And when you find a deal breaker, let me ask you this question. If something is going to break the deal, when should it break the deal? It is to your best, it is in your best interest that it break the deal sooner than later. So may I suggest that build a friendship, have friendship at a base, but then you need to begin to look for the absence of deal breakers. Are there deal breakers in this relationship? So let's just pause a little bit and talk about what breaks relationships. I'm guessing almost everyone in this room has had a relationship that broke. 
What broke the relationship? And what if we stop imposing morality on it as if it was right or wrong and just simply saw that is a deal breaker for me? It doesn't necessarily mean it's uh, an evil thing. Deal breakers aren't necessarily something wrong. Deal breakers could simply be a personality mismatch. So what are your deal breakers? Now, I'm guessing some of you have never even answer, asked that question of yourself. Some of you have never even pondered what would break the deal. Now, I have spent 30 years kindly asking people what broke the deal. And I have seen a whole bunch of deal breakers. So part of what you need to do in part of dating is to identify deal breakers. I see people when, when they say, oh, we thought that would be a match. At a distance, that looked like a match, but you know what? It's not a match. And we just, we so often impose failure on it instead of simply saying there was a deal breaker. Every relationship has broken, has blessed your life, because it has let you know you have a deal breaker. What was the deal breaker? Now, let me, uh, future pitfalls, we'll get into this later, but let me suggest that there's a difference between deal breaker and preference. Now, we'll talk about mixing them up. That's a future pitfall. Sometimes we put preferences on the deal breaker list. What I think is a preference, no, what I think is a deal breaker is actually a preference. Sometimes we put deal breakers on a preference list. And all of those have significant consequences in our relationships. Come on in. So part of dating is to identify what would break the deal. And I would invite you to not look about past relationships as failures. Oh, she and I broke up. That was a failure. Part of what you need to walk away and say, we, I have identified a deal breaker. I know one thing that would break the deal for me. So let's just pause. Let's talk a little bit about deal breakers. What are some of your deal breakers? What? Have you been able to say that would break the deal? And again, I'm going to say this many times. When, if, you, if something is going to break the deal, when should it break the deal? Sooner than later. Unfaithfulness should be a deal breaker. But how about, let me question, let me push you a little bit. My job isn't necessarily to write your list. That is not the purpose of this class. And not all of our lists are the same. And so my job is to push you to write your list. Stephen? Yes. Very good. But how about, how about non-sinful deal breakers? Let's talk about those for a minute. Anyone identify a deal breaker? This would definitely break the deal for me. For me. Can I say one? Please. 
Um, one of mine was like when he didn't respect me. Like he'd ask me a question, but then he wouldn't like listen to my response or like respond back to me. So I could tell that like he he loved me, but he didn't like have a respect for my opinion. Boom. I have identified a key component of what would make a, a match for me. Lack of respect is a deal breaker. Now, let me just point you to one of our upcoming deal breakers is to inappropriately date. And unfortunately, quite often when you're in a relationship, don't mean to be offensive, but almost every single date is Watch a movie, make out on the couch. That's what dating becomes. Or go out to dinner and then watch a movie and then make out on the couch. And that gets repeated over and over and over and over again. But see it differently. Wait a minute. Dating is the search for the absence of deal breakers. And one of my deal breakers is lack of respect. So if I'm smart, what would I do? I would plan a date to see if there are deal breakers. If I'm a female and lack of respect is a deal breaker for me, name a date you could plan that would reveal that deal breaker. There you go. I'm going to put us in an environment where I want to see if he respects me. I want to do something with his little sister. I want to see if he respects his little sister and his mother. Because if I sense a lack of respect, I can pretty much see a deal breaker. Do you see the science that we need to say, is there an absence of a deal breaker here? Now, identifying that deal breaker is part of dating. So let's talk about some others. Too serious. too serious. Too serious has can be a deal breaker. Not serious enough can be a deal breaker. Animals. Right? Is there a point where, okay, that's a deal breaker. In the bed with us? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's a deal breaker. Licking your lips? Okay, that's a deal breaker for me. <laughs> Or for some people, someone who doesn't care and is cruel to animals is a very much a deal breaker. You're beginning to realize, okay, the science of dating is a little bit more complicated than is she pretty or is he handsome? Are there deal breakers? And are you identifying what are your deal breakers? And what are your preferences? Let me push you a little bit. Girls. Okay, children. Children. How many marriages have broken up over children? Raise your hand if you know a marriage that broke up over anything to have to do with the children. How to discipline them, how, to, how many to have, how many to not have. Look at that. That's a very common deal breaker. Wouldn't it be a tragedy if you don't even address that subject until after the wedding? And then all of a sudden you've discovered, oh my goodness, there's deal breakers here. If it's going to break the deal, when should it break the deal? Sooner than later. 
And so dating needs to be that search for, I'm going to say it this way. I know it's an awkward way to say it, but I want it to be seen positively. Dating is the search for the absence of deal breakers. There's a couple preferences, but it's the deal breakers are not there. And if nothing's going to break the deal, is that a match? That's a match. So your assignment is to begin to understand what would break the deal for you. Money is a deal breaker. Education can often be a deal breaker. How hard someone works or doesn't work. Too much fun, not enough fun. What are the deal breakers that would break the deal? Date in search of their absence. I am fairly confident that there are no deal breakers here. We are a match. And the only way you can do that is to put the two puzzle pieces close enough together. There has to be some level of a relationship dating environment that says, are we a match? So ponder, what are your deal breakers? What are your preferences? We'll talk about getting these mixed up as we go along. So just as a precursor, what if I put a deal breaker? What if something really is a deal breaker, but I think it's a preference? Where's that couple headed? Heartbreak. It's going to break hearts and hurt because they innocently think that's a preference. It's not a preference. It will break the deal. So when should it break the deal? Sooner than later. What if someone puts a preference on the deal breaker list? That is not a deal breaker but you think it is. You're avoiding dating people with that quality because you think it's a deal breaker. It's not. What have you just done? You narrowed your pool. And there are matches out there that you are avoiding because you have overemphasized what is a preference. For example, here's the one I would push you on. Um, I'm six foot four. My daughters are very tall. I know how young, young, tall, Madison smiling, right? Because when you're 12 and 13 and you're very impressionable and you're very tall and you're thinking about your future spouse, what do you often say? What do tall girls often say? Height is a deal breaker. I get it. I would probably think the same thing. And then all of a sudden you meet someone and in every other way, there is an absence of deal breakers. Would you break that deal because you're taller than him? And the answer is probably no. But your whole life, tell me what you've been doing. Your whole life, what have you been doing? My whole life, I have not even considered anyone shorter than I am. You see how race can play a color in all of this? 
height. We have some silly ideas in our head as to what is and isn't a match. And I would invite you to question what are your deal breakers and what are your preferences? Yeah, we're going to definitely spend a lot of time on that, right? I think there's definitely less definitely an element. It's not like nearly as big an element as we think it is. Yeah. And we're going to spend a lot of time on that because as our, our culture seems to suggest that I have to be infatuated with her, I have to be madly in love with her, one of the pitfalls is mistaking love and being in love. And so I would ask, is attraction a deal breaker? Now, is it completely off the table? Do you see the question? I'd like to be attracted to my spouse. But what if I'm not as attracted as I thought I needed to be? Can I tell you a story? My son starts dating this girl. They become very close friends, very close friends. But he never felt that overwhelming, I'm madly in love with her. So he broke it off. He broke it and was miserable. And weeks go by and finally one day he just realized that there was a significant friendship there. He loved her and they're now married. Whoa! But he really did go through this phase of, I thought I was supposed to be more madly in love with my spouse than I'm finding myself. And he had his whole life thought that the lack of that was what? A deal breaker. He had his whole life assumed that that was a deal breaker. Only to discover it wasn't. So what are your deal breakers religion money children work ethic what are your deal breakers dating should reveal them and dating should give you an opportunity to search for their absence I would invite you to rethink every relationship that broke, not a failure, but a very eye-opening experience to say, I learned a valuable lesson. Now I've had several people share, you know what, I broke that off thinking there were deal breakers, only to discover that there weren't, that that was not a deal breaker and it was too late. I missed an opportunity because he or she moved on and married someone else and I realized that was a silly thing to break up over and I've now learned that that was a preference, not a deal breaker. So my job is not to make your list, my job is to not necessarily say you have to have the list by the end of the class, but if it's going to break the deal, it should break the deal sooner than later. So what are your deal breakers?
And what are your preferences? That's a great, that's a great thing to have on your list. Would you marry a non-member? Is that a preference? Is that a deal breaker? Only you can answer these questions. But pitfall number two is avoiding the relationship because our culture makes it very awkward to be dating. Our culture assumes that if you're in a relationship, you're headed to marriage. Instead of, wait a minute, this is an experiment. This is, we're trying we're, ex- we're, we're, we're determining, is there an absence of deal breakers here? And I grant her the right to walk away if she identifies deal breakers and to put me down. Because if there's deal breakers, I would rather have it break the deal now than later. But if we broke up for a preference, I may be in trouble the next time around because I keep breaking relationships for things that really aren't in my heart deal breakers. So ponder what would break the deal and what would not. I lovingly, I, I try to find, I, I, anytime I find a divorced couple, I lovingly try to say, what broke the deal? Were there evidence of the deal breakers while you were dating? Almost without fail. Guess what the answer is? If I ask the average divorced couple, what broke the deal? And they say, this broke the deal. Was there evidence that that deal breaker was present while you were dating? What do you think most couples would say? Yes. Yes, there was. So either I assumed that that deal breaker was a preference or I I never really did understand what I was looking for while I was dating. So my invitation, pitfall number two, is not understanding the purpose of what four is. The purpose of relationship dating is to put ourselves in the environments that will identify and reveal the absence. The absence of a deal breaker. If money is a deal breaker, it needs to come up while you're dating. If respect is a deal breaker, it needs to come up while you're dating. If children or religion or whatever it is, If it's going to break the deal, it should break the deal sooner than later. So a marvelous conversation to have with people you love. What are your deal breakers? What do you think my deal breakers are? You know me pretty well. What do you think my deal breakers are? Are they? Is that a deal breaker? Is that a preference? The science of dating would suggest that we need time to examine this match. Because if something's going to break the deal, 
It should break the deal now. And if nothing's going to break the deal, then I need to know that this, this is a match and we have, there is an absence of deal breakers. So pitfall number two is not understanding that purpose of relationship dating and not putting ourselves in an environment to identify those deal breakers. What I'm looking for is the absence of a deal breaker. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.